When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the 104.6 and 1 podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is the legendary episode 15, the famous, the infamous legendary episode 15. Yes, I'm positive it's episode 15. And with that being said, uh, I got a special guest here with me, one of my good friends from Nike, uh, somebody I met quite a bit ago. And uh, (laughs) thinking back, we have some interesting stories, some fun memories, both in and out of the office. Uh, I'm contractually bound to keep one thing off of the air. So with that being said, (laughs) yo, Dawson, my boy, welcome to the podcast, bro. How you doing, man? What's going on, Kev? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm chilling, bro. I'm chilling. You know, having a lovely Tuesday. Had a four-day weekend, so I'm chilling. I'm chilling. How's work for you? How's everything? Uh, It's going. Steady grind every day. Thank God we don't got a face cam, man, because your shape up looking on point, bro. I appreciate that. I do what I can for the community. So I know with this past Monday coming through, uh, everybody's week one didn't exactly go as planned in the NFL, but we are happy that football is back. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, absolutely. It's all I was all I was waiting for on Sunday when uh, when I got out of bed. So, I mean, I know that it's not only me suffering here that, you know, did not have a good <laughs> week one outcome. But talk to me about your Bucks, man, that Saints matchup. How did that uh, how did that look? I know you guys got the L at the over the end of the day. But I mean, you know, overall, what did you think? Um, honestly, man, I got to start off by saying that the the defense played well enough for us to win that game. Uh, our front seven still looked just as sharp as it did last year, uh, for the most part. Um, even our linebackers, man, were, were, Devin White was tearing it up in the first half watching him. Um, but as far as, you know, the offensive side of the ball goes, we just never got into a rhythm. Uh, I mean, that first drive, I, <laughs> that first pass to Chris Godwin, man, it was just a dot right on the money. And I was like, you know what? This might be our year. <laughs> and then <laughs> the rest of the – I should have kept my mouth shut because the rest of the game was just – offensively, it was just hard to watch, honestly. Um, Brady obviously throwing the pick six. They had two on the day. Uh, it was just – I mean, it's first week, so I'm not I'm not tripping by any means. But it's, it's the expectations that we all have, obviously, with all this talent on this team right now, um, especially adding Fournette into the mix. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not worried, but 
we got to get it figured out because we're not going to, we can't do this, you know, more than two, three weeks in a row. Cause then, you know, what is the difference between <laughs> Jameis's bucks and Brady's bucks <laughs> at that point? Uh, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> because it takes, it takes, yeah, it I takes. I say that talent, I say that talent wise too, because we paper wise, we, we should have scored so many points that game. Now don't, don't, don't take that in me saying that the, the Saints D is not good because they're phenomenal. Uh, on that side of the ball, but with the with the position talent that we have, uh, we should have produced a lot more. Uh, at least in my my eyes, the running game, we couldn't. Ronald Jones couldn't really get anything cooking. He had a couple nice runs in the second half that maybe busted seven plus, um, but other than that, they they kind of held him down most of the way. Uh, Mike Evans was too busy flirting with. Lattimore, the whole game, I I I didn't understand. I mean, I I know they kind of have some beef, but it was just like, man, just go out there and play football, bro. Like, we've been you've been waiting for this, we've been waiting for this. Like, just go out there and just play ball, bro. Like, yeah, you know, obviously it gets heated and you know you get up in each other's faces, but man, just go out there and ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all wish it was that simple? If I'm giving my honest feedback, uh, I think I played well. Uh, I don't think you played up to your expectation. I hate giving Brady the you know the accolades and the credit that I do, but I mean, we're talking about a six-time Super Bowl champion here that's coming into a team that he has to learn everything from the bottom up. And we all know that Brady was probably the first one in the gym and the last one to leave because it's just the work ethic that the man puts into it. But I think Mike Evans being injured throughout the week limited him in practice. He didn't practice at all. Like you said, the head case with Lattimore, the his, the history of their their beef, I think that limited him. Um, you guys falling behind early, Brady taking some risks uh, later in the game. I think that kind of again that got the offense a little on the colder side. Gronk coming into the game being basically a non-factor oh. other than blocking. OJ Howard getting the touchdown at the end of it in garbage time. But I mean, this like you said, this team on paper is scary. This team, if it lives up to the expectations, is scary. This is an NFC playoff team for sure. I guarantee they turn it around. If they don't, I, I, I'd, I'd probably say it's probably one of the most shocking sporting seasons in the world if the Buccaneers don't make the playoffs. Just because of, like you said, the talent, and your defense is only going to get better from here. I mean, Shaquille Barrett, you have Ndamukong Sue clogging up the middle of the field. Uh, I don't really know too much. Oh, obviously, Levante David stud white stud so i mean you guys you guys have the depth you guys have the strength you guys have the youth other than brady of course but i really think that the bucks just let it slip again the lack of practice with evans and then obviously you know the saints offense being the firepower that it is eventually woke up you just you know your defense was on the field too long brady throwing the pick six to a, a former gator in uh you know janoris jenkins Shout out to UF, even though they got a, I think, what was the update? I just got 61 new cases, six football players. We, I don't know if college football going to happen. Uh, we'll get to that later. But um, And then Brady throwing that other pick. I, I I can't even remember what the other one was, if you can remind me. Well, he had the pick six. Yeah, that one was Janoris. Uh, the the other one was the one where he overthrew Mike Evans. Oh, uh, right, they, right. they broke the rule. Yeah, well, he was either. They weren't on the same own. page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that happens. But again, like yeah, you said, it, uh, it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it should not happen. But again, lack of practice, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all a combination. So you know, like you said, also week week one, 
I mean, I, I can say the same for my team. I know yours was the game of the week. The game that I definitely wanted to see the most behind mine was that one. Uh, but the Bucks will be fine. I think the Saints really showed out, unfortunately, because I don't know if God or the fantasy football <laughs> gods just they see me struggle and they and they see me. You know, I'll get a good pick. Shout out to my partner, uh, my girlfriend's dad. We drafted Michael Thomas in a ten-person league, and we got him with the tenth pick. And of course, what does he do? He puts up a fucking donut, gets me no points, and then rolls his ankle in garbage time. And I mean, like, if you look at the play, the Saints should not be playing offense. He should not be on the field. They're already up 11. And what happens? Michael Thomas gets rolled up accidentally, and he has a high ankle sprain, and he's out just about a month, according to ESPN. My first fucking pick. I'm going to go fuck Tragic. myself because that's what I feel like at the moment. All, all I got to say is shout out to that boy Carlton Davis. <laughs> Held that boy to 17 yards all day. I actually I got to meet him. About. I got to meet him at a Nike event. It was pretty cool, but just had to throw that in there. He held him to 17, baby. I don't I don't understand what happened. The man is probably the best receiver in football to certain people, depending on who you ask. And he just, I don't, I don't know. He shit the bed. And I'm not even going to get into it because fantasy is going to get me more upset. I'm 0 for 3. And then if you include <laughs> if you include my team, I'm 0 for 4. And that's where we're going to transition in next. Coach Jaguars, man. I, I, have to, I have to say, shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars for upplaying the game that we clearly were not ready for. Um, uh, rest in peace to Marlon Max Achilles because I was talking that man up all offseason. If you listen to any episodes I've posted, if you talk to me personally, Marlon Mack has been my guy. I said he's healthy. He's had a great camp. Coaches and everybody was loving his 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 work ethic. Second quarter, unfortunately, non-contact injury. It happens. Those are really scary. Pops his Achilles right then and there. I, that's not an excuse. Uh, our defense did not play up to par. Our defense looked lackluster. We didn't really get much pressure. I believe we only had about three sacks. And for me, coming from the history that the Colts are, Three sacks is a lot, but in the NFL nowadays, if you don't rush the quarterback, we're not going to get anything. We got beat by Gardner Minshew. <laughs> like, just just give me a moment. Like, I have to really, like, sit back and like, I have to calm down because the man, when, when the season ended last year, he chose to go on a road trip in an RV by himself. If that's not the definition of weirdo, I don't know what is. Um, I, he wears the crop T-shirts and the short shorts, and I, I just – no disrespect. The man's an NFL quarterback. He's making more money than I ever will. It's the point. Our team was projected to beat them by, I think we were favored by a touchdown, if not nine, and we lost by seven. Our run game completely fell apart towards the end of the game. I believe that Frank Wright completely just ignored it. I don't know why we went away. Yes, Marlon was hurt, but Naeem was playing great. Jonathan Taylor's obviously back there, and we just, there's no reason Phillip Rivers should have thrown the ball 46 times. No reason at all. And Jacksonville basically granted, was publicly granted, tanking. He did complete. He only, he only had 10 incomplete passes, though. But there's no reason I, to. That's like an Andrew Luck stat line when we had no offensive line. Uh, yeah, I understand. Gardner Minshew was 19 for 20. so 19 for 20. And here's, a, here's an interesting stat fact for you because I'm not giving it at the end. I'm going to give this one because I'm fucking livid. In the last two games against the Indianapolis Colts, Gardner Minshew – is throwing over sixty percent from the from uh he's throwing over sixty percent completion percentage, four hundred and sixty eight yards and six touchdowns in two games. 
Are wow. we are, are are we playing Drew Brees? Like did 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 we lose to Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? I I, I don't know because this man's fucking killing us, and I've had about enough of it. Ship your shit together, get it together, guys, because the offense look like a bunch of fucking retards. Excuse my French, but I just I I really don't understand. T. Y. Hilton barely had anything going. He dropped two passes. Paris Campbell out here leading the way. Naeem Hines and fucking Jonathan Taylor had a combined thirteen receptions. That's our running backs. Jack Doyle yeah. had three receptions. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I need, like I need yeah. them to wake up. Like I I you can't guys, I can't do this right now. You guys had five different players that that yeah uh, acquired rushing yards throughout the game, and they still only combined for eighty eight. We just I'm telling you, man. We just let the run game get away from us. We Frank said it himself. He you know he got lost in the in the sauce so to speak, and he was just. Trying to get Philip in a rhythm, you know, after he threw that interception early on, and then obviously when he threw that uh, another Gator, Chris Henderson or C- excuse me, C.J. Henderson out there picked up, t- picked off T.Y. Hilton late in the game to seal the game for the Jags. But I just, I don't know. I you think guys had sacks on the day, though. I'll give you that. We we do, we do, but it, it's it's the point. I actually got into a discussion with my dad. Uh, I want to say Monday, yesterday. About who was what was a more embarrassing loss? Was it the Eagles versus the Washington Football Team, or was it the Colts and the Jaguars? And I had to reiterate <laughs> to my father that the Washington Football Team, formerly known as the Redskins, may have changed their name, but they have Pro Bowl talent on that team. The Jaguars, I don't even know who the flick. What? No, like they have Chase Young, number two overall pick. They have Ryan Kerrigan, former Pro Bowler. They have Landon Collins, a Pro Bowler. Dwayne Haskins coming back. Better than Gardner Minshew to a certain extent, you know you wouldn't expect Dwayne to have a worse season than Gardner. It, they don't even have a backfield. Leonard Fournette is gone, and they torched us for over a hundred total uh, rushing yards as a team. So it's like, yes, it is definitely more embarrassing to lose to a team that is publicly tanking than to lose to a team that at least has some talent. And that's no disrespect to my girlfriend's team. You know, the Eagles. That's our next segment. The Eagles are. How do I word this properly? <laughs> uh, Dawson, maybe you could help me out here. I don't know if you watched that game. Uh, I mean, I I watched I watched a lot of that game, um, and that was the Eagles' game to lose, and they lost it. That's all I'm gonna say. They they had every chance to. I mean, they blew a 17 point lead, man. I mean, there's no defending that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, to a second year quarterback with. I mean, little to no position talent around him. I mean, and I have—I mean, I have Wentz in my—I mean, in one of my fantasy leagues. Granted, he's on me too. Beach, but I mean, I'm not—I wasn't starting him. But you know, I mean, he looked—he looked pretty solid that first half. I mean, Ertz even looked pretty solid that first half. And you know, Ertz himself—I saw him drop at least three different passes. So it's like, uh. You know, and I'm not a big follower of, of either of those, you know, football teams. But you know, the, the bigger, you know, players, obviously, you know, you hear about more. But um, just in watching that game, um, uh, I, I thought Wentz didn't look 100% focused or prepared. I don't know what it was. I mean, I think he had two picks. So, uh, and I don't know if he even did. I don't even know if he threw for over 200 yards. Uh, he might have, but. Um, but I just think, and like I said, for all the teams, though, it's week one, man. Like, you know, you can you can be frustrated at your team or, or at the at whatever game, but 
there's no need to panic. I think, you know, teams are still figuring it out. You know, there's no preseason. There's no, you know, not that much contact, you know, before this week, you know. So I think we'll see a lot of – I think this season you'll see uh, whatever teams come away towards the end of the playoffs or at, at the beginning of the playoffs will be a lot of surprise teams because of the way they started the season. I think I think you'll see a lot of that this year. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I was talking about it with my girl's uncle. And we were talking about how, like, the lack of the preseason is really going to come into effect. That's where the young guys get their reps. That's where the vets, you know, kind of prep closer and closer to the season. You know, uh, obviously playing preventative with with COVID restrictions and playing preventative with not wanting anybody to get injured the last week or two before the actual season comes through. And it's like you said, you said it's like you said, you you see the rust. You just you see certain people not as quick as they used to. Their first step doesn't look as sharp, or you know, their routes might not be as crisp. crisp. Or the chemistry, like Mike Evans and Brady, just it, it just didn't look like it was there. But it takes time. At the end of the day, you know they're still professionals, and you you would like to see them produce more than they did. Uh, yeah. But the Eagles just fell apart, and I, I'm going to go into depth a little bit. So bear with me here. Uh, again, Babe, no shout out or not. Excuse me, shout out to Babe. No disrespect. The Eagles are still a great team. It's a matter of personnel. And the Eagles lost two offensive linemen early in the in the offseason. Or not early, but they lost two offensive linemen. Jason Peters got signed late, and then he got moved over to left tackle. And let's be honest, I don't know if he can keep up with the Ryan Kerrigans of the world or even the Chase Youngs when they lined up on the outside. You can see that their offensive line just got destroyed and dismangled. I mean, yeah. they, they were in that backfield all day. And there were times when Wentz had time to throw it away or, or, or try to jump out of the pocket. In my opinion, it seems that Wentz is so obsessed with that kind of like duck over, assuming that the defender is going to try to tackle him so high that he can kind of squeak under. And I think he got away with it once, but he looks pressure in the eye, and it's like a freight train running at you, and it's like, I'm not going to move. Yeah. And I I don't know what it was. I didn't I didn't see a lot of like you said it it didn't seem like he was working on all cylinders like it almost looked like he wasn't focused on the game. And okay. Jalen Rager, uh, shout out to my little brother. Uh he called out the stud from TCU, uh kind of lightning in a bottle. He fumbled the first punt of the game, but after that he kind of looked like he got his stuff together. He had a lot of separation on Ronald Darby uh late on in the game. You know, Carson did hit him for a 55-yard reception but I mean there were a couple of times where if he hits Rager in stride Rager has over 150 yards hands down yeah he had four targets but only, one, only that one catch I, I I just think that Rager's gonna be that diamond in the rough that they got to work through Dallas Goddard ended up blowing up he had over 100 yards in a touchdown beautiful ball by Wentz in the corner to the left side of the field uh Ertz had that touchdown that post route or should I say that slant in the back of the end zone in the first or second quarter but after that everything kind of went quiet Deshaun Jackson two or three targets or should I say two or three receptions uh I mean what's this guy's name Greg Ward guy out of Houston used to play quarterback for the Eagles now is finally on the uh 53-man roster officially somebody that me and uh my girl's dad like he's just a scrappy smaller player he got a couple of targets but I mean the Eagles either need to figure out what they're going to do depth-wise or they're going to have to play a two- to three tight end set to have that pass protection because Lord knows Miles Sanders, another person who I fucking have in fantasy who's hurt. Um, the Eagles' run game looked non-existent, a lot worse than the Colts did. At least we got you know we broke off some bigger runs and we have some running back depth. But, I mean, Miles didn't play. Boston Scott had a couple of runs here. Corey Clement little tidbits here and there they had their 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 third or fourth string running back coming in there i forget his name but he was making a couple big plays but i mean yeah 
Philly's got to get it together. And I mean, like, Philly's got to get it together ASAP. To me, I don't say panic, but I would say the fire is on because you can't just find offensive lineman depth in the middle of the season unless you're trading or you find a gem on a practice squad. Offensive line to keep Carson healthy, the most important player on that team, in my opinion, a lot of people's opinion. Uh, you don't keep him up right, that season falls right to shit real quick. And we all know Carson's been hurt almost every single year he's played, if not every single year. You don't keep your quarterback upright, you're fucked. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, oh, play Jalen, he's mobile, or play Sudfeld, or whatever his name is, that, that other backup that they have. None of them are going to outplay the veteran leadership and the poise that Carson brings to the locker room. So, to me, out of the three games we just spoke about, I think Philly's got to worry about it the most. The Bucks, they have Tom Brady, they'll figure it out. The Colts... We have Phillip Rivers, and we have you know a veteran locker room. The defense is going to get it together. But the Eagles, that offensive line, that's a big scare for me. And Yeah, uh, just, to, just to clarify, too, uh, Wentz threw for 270. So just to clear, clear that up. Well, well, Sorry. What's up? I was just a lot, about 70 yards off. It's so. totally fine. You know, these things happen here on the fly on the podcast. So it is what it is. But speaking of terrible offensive lines, <laughs> I, 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 the Texans and the Chiefs, man, like, Shout out to Pat Mahomes, man. That's the only man I know that gets a Super Bowl ring and then goes and blows a, a massive bag on a super massively beautiful ring for his girl. So shout out to Pat, man. I'm happy for him. But, I mean, they they went out there and they showed out, man. They looked like they didn't miss a beat. Andy yeah, Reid and his visor, I, can't see or not, he don't need to, he don't need to see. Pat, throw the ball. Some, <laughs> some, someone's open. Yeah, he was breathing heavy. Did you, I Dude, I don't know, man. I really don't. The, the, the Chiefs are scary. It's like you said, week one. But I mean, to, to to go out there and and just blow the fucking doors off the Texans until garbage time came around in the fourth. And Deshaun, you know, thankfully once again another fucking player on my goddamn fantasy team and wants to struggle and then give me a heart attack and then thankfully gave me twenty one points. But the point of the matter is, can anybody beat the Chiefs, Dawson? Um. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about football is you get one game to, to – it's not a seven-game series, so you don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to you know win however many games. Um, honestly, man, I don't see anybody in the AFC besides Baltimore giving them a run for their money in the AFC championship, and that's if they don't play somewhere before that in the playoffs. Um, coming out of the NFC, man – it uh, this is obviously biased, but if the Bucks got to pull their stuff together, um, that's obviously I think is a serious playoff contending team, regardless if I'm a fan or not. Um, just with the talent they have, besides Tampa, uh, I think if Seattle can can get their stuff together and and that defense you know comes together like you know we're all hoping it does, at least I am. Uh, I think they can be scary uh, on both sides of the ball, especially if they can get Chris Carson involved on the running and receiving side. Uh, I think he's very versatile. Um, but, man, the, the Chiefs are – you could even throw the Saints in there from the NFC, honestly. Um, but, man, the Chiefs are scary, like you said. They have so much speed, so much size. Uh, it's – um, and I remember, I, I think it was either last year or the year before, everyone was like, oh, the, the Chiefs are only going to be good on one side of the ball, blah, blah, blah. And that defense showed up towards the end of the year last year, and it showed no signs of letting up the other night. So, I mean, it's 
I think I think they they have a serious. This is probably the only football team besides a Tom Brady's Patriots team that I'm almost almost pretty much confident in that they can make another run at a at a ring and not have any any trouble. I would agree with that. If we're looking back at like the last couple of Super Bowl champions, other than the Patriots, of course, I don't really know a team that I said confidently. Like in my opinion, again, Vegas might say something different. Professional analysts might say something different, but. Other than the Patriots, I don't know if I saw another team in the last five to ten years that could have gone back and repeated because of obviously you know having to play the Patriots again, whether that be in the AFC Championship yeah. or the NFC. But I mean, like again, mimicking what you said, other than Baltimore, I I'm an AFC fan. The way the Chiefs yeah. played and the way we played uh, again, it's Week One, but we would get slaughtered by forty. Yeah, it's I, it, it, it's scary. The man. Is just slinging the rock wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Andy Reid is a is a genius when it comes to play calling. And you, like again, you said, you know, big kudos to you. This their defense didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. And defense, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Defense wins championships. Yes, if you have Pat Mahomes, it helps. But if you're gonna have a shootout, all it takes is Pat Mahomes to miss a receiver, a receiver drops a pass, a running back fumbles, and it's a game changer because. That next team then goes down and scores. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been a firm believer in a defensive team will always win that championship. And, uh, you know, some would say and disagree. The last Super Bowl, the, the 49ers seemed to beat up Pat Mahomes pretty easily last year. And they lost that game. But the Chiefs' defense also played up, and they locked Jimmy Garoppolo up. So it gave Pat Mahomes those chances to come back, and it gave that offense a chance to heat up. And you don't want to do that with a team like that. And yeah, I just hundred percent. I don't. I don't know and even, that. even with with uh, with uh, what's his name, uh, Damian Williams opting out for this season. Uh, their running game looked f- pretty stellar. Uh, st- I mean, it wasn't you know in in full form, but I mean the rookie uh, Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he had hundred and forty yards. I mean, he's averaging five and a half a carry. He had a long of twenty seven, and he scored. So I mean. I mean, for a debut, you can't really ask for much more from a rookie uh, coming out of the backfield. I mean, that's, you know, that's taking a big load, you know, off of, you know, putting it on his shoulders as a as a young player, um, you know, from Damian Williams, you know, a Super Bowl, you know, winning champion running back. Um, you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, they also got, you know, Daryl Williams and stuff, but, you know, for him to, I mean, he had 25 carries for 140 yards. I mean, that's for a, a first game, man. That's pretty impressive. I mean, and I don't think a lot of people saw that coming out of him. I, I again didn't see the production. I knew what he did at LSU, but in my mind, here, here, here's how it goes, right? You know, in my mind, we look at college football. Obviously, being Gator fans, the SEC yeah. is by far the most dominant college football conference. Period. When it comes to football. No competition. You know what I'm saying? Like the Big Ten, Ohio State, other than them, poop. Um, you obviously have the ACC with Clemson. They don't have any competition, poop. So it's like when a player like Edwards Hilaire comes out of college with the most dominant offense in college football history, I didn't expect him to transition as well as he did because Joe Burrow just made that team that much better. You know, like, yeah. you obviously can't afford to stack the box because Joe Burrow is going to beat you with one of his three, what, first all SE team receivers. Mm-hmm. So you have to play a zone, a form of man with a safety over the top, and then what's Clyde going to do? He's going to just, you know, bash through. You set a tight end over the top, and, you know, you, you have a, a, 
two, three running lanes for him to choose from. Yeah. But I just, again, in my mind, all these fantasy projectors, Matthew Barry and all these other analysts were projecting for him to be a first-round pick running back. And I was just like, what? On a on a Chiefs team that is very, very pass-heavy, but then I had to put together, not for a comparison, but for the sake of the offensive comparison from college to professional, Joe Burrow, best college quarterback last season, Patrick Mahomes, best NFL quarterback. Highest scoring offense in the NFL being the Chiefs that are going to be this year. Highest scoring offense in college. I mean, he just literally changed profession because he ended up going to the best team on each side. It gets even deeper than that, bro. I mean, you have Pat Mahomes, his first year throwing. How many touchdowns did he throw? Like over over 50-something, yeah, was 50 it? or 51. Because technically his first year was his rookie year where he played one game for Alex Smith before he got traded. People, okay, well, the year after that when he started when he started the whole season. Yeah, when he took uh, took the Chiefs took over. over yeah, to the AFC Championship and then so, lost and then yeah, he had the MVP. Yeah, so. Yeah. So with that, you know, with him being, you know, that type of a passer, being a, he, you know, transformed that football team into an elite passing team. You have Joe Burrow that he's on the team throws sixty touchdowns in a season. So you're getting very similar comparisons from both of that LSU team and this Chiefs team, with it being a very pass heavy team with their weapons they have on the outside. You that's why you don't that's why you really didn't hear too much about Edward Tiller. I mean, don't get me wrong, you heard a lot about him. Yeah, agree. But you, you didn't you didn't get you know the depth that you got from when they talked about the receivers and Joe Burrow because, you know, he's throwing 60 touchdown passes a season, you know, running like 9 or 10 or whatever it was. Um, so it's like it, it kind of gets overshadowed in a sense, um, you know, you know, even though he did get his national attention. But, you know, it, like I said, it's 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 scary. That offense is scary, man. Yeah, I just I didn't see it coming. And for the record, let it let it be noted legitimately i am not comparing college to the nfl i'm just saying for the concept of coming from a dominant offense literally going into the next dominant offense like he went from the best team in college last year to the best team in football possible so yeah yeah he really didn't skip a beat obviously him being the rookie of the team and you have pat mahomes as your fucking quarterback yo there's a ginormous hole right there go run through it because i guarantee you they think i'm throwing it this way yeah i just Kids a stud and got kids got to be consistent though. No, and I hundred percent not a very good defensive team. JJ Watt and all those other players excluded. Houston sucks on the defensive end. Yeah, I also I also think just with the leadership and the the talent that Pat Mahomes has takes so much pressure off of him being a young running back because he knows that you know whether it's a running play or a passing play. Mahomes is going to get attention regardless, so that that allows him to be able to make the, these crazy plays that he's going to make. So I think with him having Pat there, you know, lined up next to him or you know uh, in front of him, I think that's going to take that. Just him being on the field takes so much pressure off of of Hilaire um, being a rookie. Um, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna influence his play, and I think you're going to see a lot of production out of him this year. It might not be, you know, 140 yards a game, but I, I think you'll see uh, a lot of him if that makes more sense. Oh yeah, without a doubt, there's no competition in that backfield. You know, they have they have help, but Hilaire is yeah. the bona fide, you know, without a doubt, for sure starter. But oh yeah, that pressure, like you said, is uh is definitely a little bit easier to deal with when you have a player like Pat Mahomes as your quarterback. But on the topic of pressure, we got a big, and I mean big. Game 7, no one saw coming. 
in the NBA playoffs tonight, and that is the juggernaut and Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George going up against Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Man, just just give quick feedback, man. What, if you had to make two or three bullet points, what is what what are your most surprising things about this series? Um, this could possibly. Uh, I was telling you earlier before we started this. I feel like this game could change the way that the Eastern Conference Finals plays out, or sorry, the Western Conference Finals plays out. Um, and I mean that by saying if the Clippers win this game. I, I think that's a seven-game series, possibly with LA. Um, it could be a, a six or. A, and honestly, I like LA. I like the Lakers in, in five, possibly, because I, I don't like the Clippers and how they're playing right now. Now, don't get me wrong, Lakers are not playing you know perfect basketball in any way, but just the way the Clippers have performed against this Nuggets team, and even before that, I I just I have not been as impressed as I thought I would be with all the talent they have as far as, you know, Kawhi, you know, and Paul George. Um, but that seems to be a reoccurring theme for PG-13 uh, the last couple seasons in the playoffs, whether that be buzzer beaters or just not showing up. Um, now, with that being said, Denver wins this game. And a lot of people kind of, you know, will say Lakers are, you know, gentlemen sweeping them or sweeping them. Me personally, I think the Nuggets could win that series in six games. That is bold, and I'm looking at you cross-eyed because I think you're smoking well, some good shit up there. And that's completely fine because, you know, crazy things have been happening all this year, so what's one more crazy thing being thrown out there? Um, I mean, bro, matchup-wise, uh, size-wise, on the starters, the starting five, I like L.A., I was gonna say I, yeah, I like I like LA 100%. And even on the on this on the second string and third string the bench players with with Dwight and and JaVale. Um and I I kind of I kind of like that but it's the guard play is what I'm more worried about because Jamal Murray and Rajon Rondo do not match up. Danny Green and Gary Harris do not match up. Don't get me wrong, Danny Green is a great player, great defender, hasn't really been playing that well. Um, but I think, I think Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are going to have a big series if, if they win this game tonight, um, personally. And obviously Jokic, he's going to have to ball out. I mean, he's almost averaging a triple double. He's got like 19, nine and seven or 19, nine and eight a game. So, I mean, he's, he's been balling, but I think Jamal Murray is going to have to have a big game tonight, obviously, um, for that to happen. But if they get into the Western Conference Finals, um, now don't 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 take that wrong way. I still think the Lakers could sweep the Nuggets. You know, I don't think it's going to be one sided towards the Nuggets if they play the Lakers. I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers. But I'm just saying, the Nuggets don't count them out 100 percent if they beat the Clippers tonight and they have to play the Lakers. Don't be surprised if it goes to five, six, seven games. That's all I'm saying. And that's fine. Um, here's my counterpoint. So I was actually talking about this with my coworkers earlier today. Shout out to Tyree and Cole, as per usual, always talking NBA basketball whenever we can. Um, here's where I disagree. So the LA Lakers are obviously chilling right now. They're waiting. You know, they're getting their rest. They're getting their 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 bandages all all taken care of. You know, their boo boos, whatever you want to say. The Clippers are coming off of a grueling six game series with the Mavs, and I mean like that got physical quick. Um, and obviously yep. now you're coming off of a seven game series with the Denver Nuggets. 
Which, for all records, intents, and purposes, the Nuggets, if they complete this comeback tonight, they will be the only team in NFL hist- NBA history to come back from a 3-1 deficit twice in the same postseason. The only Jeez. team. So, That's pretty Denver coming back and winning the Utah series. Again, I was talking about this with my friends. Or my coworkers, them saying or them going out and and dominating Utah the way that they did, what is just, I I said it was impossible because of Kawhi and Paul. I said you know Jamal Murray going for fifty twice. I said that's not going to happen. Like you're easily going to just put Kawhi or PG on him and get physical with him. I said the Clippers can just rotate certain bigs even though they're smaller than Jokic and just get physical with him. You know I don't know if Jokic likes that kind of contact. I don't really watch a lot of uh, Denver games. And then Michael Porter Jr., man, not to change the topic, but what he said to the media last week after that after that loss was just, you can tell the inexperience there. Just it wasn't yeah. wise for him to go out there and say we need to swing the ball around, we need to we need to get more players involved. Dude, you bring that to your coach. You talk about that privately. You bringing that to the media's attention makes you look like a fool. But yeah. trending back towards the topic of the series overall, of why I think the Lakers win regardless of who comes out. The Clippers are going to be mm-hmm. worn down. The Clippers will have played uh, 13 games between two series, whereas opposed to the Lakers, they've played uh, 10. And mm-hmm. most of them being blowouts towards the end of the games. LeBron not really playing much of the fourth in a lot of those games, so their star players are pretty well rested. Um, yeah. And I think that the significance of pan- Pandemic P, I'm going to keep calling him that because he hasn't showed up consistently, of you can't play LeBron James and Anthony Davis, arguably the best duo the NBA has seen since Shaq and Kobe, RIP Kobe. Um, A lot of people say the Harden and Westbrook stage, I've had enough, I'm over it, Mike D'Antoni quit on them. Uh, I I, I think that Harden or Russ is going to get up out of Houston this offseason, I'm I'm tired of it, I said it, Kobe said it, T-Mac said it, that system was never going to work, James Harden's never going to win a ring, quote me on it, take it to the bank, I'll tell Vegas myself, James Harden's trash. But regardless, <laughs> um, I think that, like you said, matchup-wise, the Lakers dominate the the, uh, the Nuggets' starting rotation. However, I think no matter who you put on AD is in a mismatch because, obviously, I think they flop JaVale and Dwight, and I think that Dwight yep. gets more of the starting minutes because Jokic is a bigger and more physical center, and I yep. think that JaVale coming off the bench would help big time. Because AD obviously is going to want to play that mismatch against Paul Millsap or Mason Plumlee, whichever. Plumlee is a bum. He's just a body to me. He's just a guy that catches a lob, you know, gets some fouls so that other star players don't have to. Rajon Rondo is an X factor to me for the Lakers, going back to the guards. I think Rajon played pretty solid defense against Eric Gordon, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Because when he came in there, man, it was it was an instant spark. You can see the animosity in him. You saw his brother chirping at Westbrook in Game Six or Game Five, whatever game that was, right before they lost. And yeah. Rondo's court vision, you know, like a lot of people say, Braun and Rondo can't be on the court at the same time because one of them has to dominate the ball. Rondo can't shoot. So I mean, you you run Rondo in that second unit, and you run Rondo in the fourth to just be that floor general. I think that mm-hmm. he's an automatic mismatch because you're going to have to collapse on AD. You're going to have to collapse on Braun driving down the lane. And the, the, the biggest thing for me is, like you said, Danny Green's got to hit shots. Caldwell Pope's yep. got to hit shots. Kuzma's got to hit shots. Uh, Caruso's got to play effective. But I think if they play the Nuggets, I think that goes five or six, genuinely. 
Now, the Clippers match up differently because they have different bodies to be able to rotate both not only on Anthony Davis but also on LeBron James with yep. with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George, and at the same time with Montrez Harrell on the physicality portion of it. You know, you have Zubac down there if they do want to kind of play it on the taller side. But, you know, you have the Morris twin. Fuck them. We all know who it is. They'll be, you know, trying to you know dirty my dog Luca out there. So I, I, I think that the Clippers series, they'll be tired, but I think that goes six. If the Clippers can dig down and actually play consistently, I would say that the Clippers end up pushing that to seven. But if it's Denver, I say five, and I no disrespect to them. I think that they're going to be tired as well. Back-to-back seven-game series, um, inexperience, and then, like I said, matchup-wise, I just don't think L.A. is going to let them slip and get that hot because, let's be honest, Jamal Murray starts going and gets hot. I say Braun goes right on him and shut that shit down real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I – and me saying all this, there's no one on that court that's going to guard LeBron James. Absolutely not. Uh, no, now, that's saying Nugget series. Um, yeah. The Clippers, Clippers, that's a different story. Yeah, both of them can but, make it annoying for him. So, yeah, they, they, don't have, they don't have a body on that you know starting rotation or that defense or that second team that's going to be able to – to shut LeBron down or even try and contain him. They're going to, it's going to end up being a double team, you know, on LeBron series if he pops off like that. And you made all valid points with the, with the, um, both your back to back, you know, long series and stuff like that. And both teams going to be tired, all valid points, hundred percent where you're coming from on that. Going back to the guard play. I was mainly talking about the Lakers guards as far as shooting. Like you were, were kind of recapping is if the Lakers guards, and I'm not even necessarily talking about Danny Green. Um, you you got to get uh, – as much as I love watching Rondo facilitate, he's got to score the ball more. That doesn't have to be jump shots. Get to the basket. Get to the free throw line. He's consistent at the free throw line. Um, I, I got – I love, like I said, love watching him play. He's one of the greatest point guards, in my opinion, to really ever do it. A true point guard. Um, but I've got to – for me to – give them the advantage on all aspects of that series i've got to see the guard play offensively come alive for the lakers because that's their biggest struggle for me personally from what i see um and also like you said i think i think kuzma has to have a big series he's he's not quiet in a sense but um i think he's he's got to have one and not even a series he's got to have a couple of big games. Um, and it, it doesn't even have to be a whole game. He's just got to have those moments where he gets the ball. He's got to do something with it, whether it be defensively or offensively. Offensively, um, whether it's, you know, finding the open man or sitting in that corner waiting for someone to kick it to him and hit, hit the open three. Uh, defensively, he's become such a – I don't know if you really watch him that much, but he's become a much better defender since when he first came to the league. Um, he's learned a lot. I don't know if it's from LeBron, from from his coaching uh, staff now. LeBron. Um, but he has become not a tremendous defender, but he has improved so much uh, over the last season, two seasons, um, that I've at least noticed. Uh, he's doing. A, he used to be terrible at closing out. He used to jump so much, um, and now he's he's doing a lot better job of that. That's that's at least one thing defensively I've noticed with him is. He's uh he's very good at closing out now. I on defense. I uh again I, I haven't really watched the LA series. I've been a little salty since we've been uh you know removed from the <laughs> bubble. But you know when I can catch some highlights or I can catch a quarter or two. Uh, shout out to Big Fred. I actually watched game f- three or four at his house where the Lakers just dominated. It was Rondo's first game back. 
and uh, where the Lakers just completely took over, and then the Rockets came back, but then the Lakers kind of shut that shit down. Um, yeah. Seeing the guard play, like I mentioned, uh, Gary Harris, and like you said, um, Jamal Murray, and all those other guards, they, they, they really have to step up, man. They have to take advantage of that lack of that lack of defensive intensity on the guard portion because Caldwell Pope was getting burned out, obviously, guarding Harden throughout that whole series. Um, Danny Green is a shell of himself, in my opinion. He is nowhere near what he was in San Antonio. Even the glimpses of, of, of stardom that he showed in Toronto last season, I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's playing with Kawhi, whatever. He just doesn't look as sharp, ironically enough, as he got that bullseye tattoo on his fucking elbow like a tool. Um, but I really do think that the Lakers truly and honestly, when push comes to shove, just outmatch anybody down the stretch. Yes, Kawhi Leonard has the the championship mentality, the integrity, the defensive pressure, but if you really look at it, Kawhi hasn't really had to guard anybody consecutively other than Luka Doncic in the last two games of that series. But we all know he's going to have to guard Braun for however many games that is, and I think that's going to affect his offensive production. I mean, you go out there and you have to be the best player on the entire fucking court. On the, on the whole arena, and you have to guard the best player and then also be the best offensive production, he's going to get worn out. There's no way that goes consistently. If he has to yeah. be the one responsible to stop Braun, give Braun a headache, and go and drop a bucket because his partner can't do it, I think the Clippers struggle, man. And I think that's where the wear and tear is going to come down to it because we know even if they start rotating bodies on PG, Braun is going to get PG in foul trouble, who's got to switch back. They're going to put the Morris brother on him. They can't guard him. It'll be a little bit of a, a, a nuisance because we know Braun's not going to let that affect him. It's going to have to go back to Kawhi. Doc's game plan, again, this is all assuming they win tonight. Doc's game plan is going to have to be we double Braun, we double AD, and it's going to have to be the role players. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to both uh, both series. Whoever wins this game, it's, it's going to really come down to bench play because um, you, know, you know the starters are going to ball out on both sides of the ball they're going to give it all they got and i'm not saying the bench players don't do that on the regular but uh as far as uh the the it's i mean it's a western conference finals you know it's going to come down to who wants it more um on you know as as far as depth goes uh, i think yeah like you said uh with with the whole um you know wear and tear on on these rosters as far as playing all these games in a short amount of time um that definitely definitely will have an effect uh, on on the the final series, uh, the conference final series for sure. All right, make your pick tonight. What do you got? You got Clippers or you got Nuggets? No, think about it. Go. I'm gonna go Nuggets, man. I agree completely. <laughs> I I for some reason, man, I just they and they only have a 36 percent win uh, probably right now. So I and I'm not a big percentage guy when it comes to the power index stuff, but I've. For some reason, I just feel like they have this this chip on their shoulder. I think the Clippers do too, just because they share the same you know city as the Lakers and the whole Braun, Kawhi, whatever. Um, I think there's that, but I just I feel like the Nuggets feel like they got something to prove with this young team that they got. I couldn't agree more. I think I was again talking about it with the coworkers. I think in order for the Clippers to win, Murray and Jokic got to combine for sixty plus. And Michael Porter Jr. has to be effective off the bench. I don't know if he's been starting lately. Again, I haven't been watching, but he's got to score. Hey, he's got to score fifteen plus, man. He's he's got to shut up, knock his shots down like he did that last game, and 
they really got to figure out a way to limit Kawhi or, or, or make it a little bit more difficult. They got to dig deep because I think that this team is destined for something greater. And by greater, I mean getting beat by the Lakers. But <laughs> I think that the, the the Clippers need to be knocked down a level, man. Like that 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 overhype, that whole Kawhi being the best player in the league. I've I've definitely have said it, but I mean, seeing how he plays with the Clippers, that doesn't really take away from the excellence that Braun has been doing in L.A. He's got he's oh, got yeah. the running mate. He in me in my opinion is the MVP. Uh, we oh, we yeah. all know Giannis is probably going to get majority of the votes. Some MVP getting you know the gentleman sweep by the Heat, but I uh, I really do think this Nuggets team is going to come out to a hot start. And if they can really just bring it together just one more time, because I believe the Western Conference Finals won't start till Thursday. They'll give them like two days off, um, or three days. Is it a day off? Are they doing it Friday or Thursday? Yeah, it's a day. I thought that they didn't want them to have another just one day because then they're just going to have to jump. I thought the NBA said something. I thought I read something on, on Twitter or, or Ricky said something. Shout out to Rick um, about them like not starting no matter who wins just to give them an, an extra day because that would be. Oh, might be right because right now the schedule, it shows that the first Western Conference Finals game is on Friday oh, so the they 18th. Get two days, so they need it. No matter who comes out, that's, you know, again, six games for the Clippers, seven games for the Nuggets um, from the previous series. So I, I think the Western Conference is in a good place. I definitely didn't see the Nuggets coming out. I definitely saw the Clippers. But, you know, I definitely saw Utah. I definitely called Utah coming out of that series beforehand as an upset. But who who, who knows, man. Uh, speaking of upsets, so I am going to be bold here, and I'm going to call the Heat taking the Celtics in six just because of the chip on Jimmy Butler's fucking shoulder, bro. That man has come into this bubble, and he has said it a hundred times. I ain't the best player in the world. I'm not the best shooter. I'm not the best passer. But when I get on this court, I'm the I'm 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 a get in your head. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I got the most motivated mindset, and he's proven it time and time again. And that supporting cast has done nothing short of be some of the best supporting role players in a postseason I've ever seen. Because everybody's hitting, man. Yeah. I uh, yeah I I also believe the Heat will come out of that one. Um, just not even just because they swept Milwaukee, but uh, I think I well, essentially yeah you can <laughs> it's still sleep in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean it's the it's the defending you know MVP man. He didn't you know, show up at all. Uh, I wasn't really even impressed with him in the Orlando series, but I won't even get into that. But uh. I think Jimmy Butler has lit a fire under all these young guys that he's like, listen, I came here to, to win a championship. We got some talent here. We got young guys. We got a couple old guys. We got, I mean, you got Udonis Haslam over there giving guidance as well. Um, I mean, that, that helps out tremendously. Uh, but other than that, man, I like I said, I think he lit this fire, this spark under them and just told them, hey, we're in Miami. We love where we live. We got a great, great place where we play basketball. There ain't no reason why we can't go out there and win a chip with the talent we got. Uh, don't get me wrong, Celtics got talent out the wazoo. They are filthy. Uh, Kimbo's got to play a little bit better. I'll get. I'll, I'll say that he. Uh, I know he was. I think he was either injured or had something going on um, for a little while. And they were kind of worried about him. Um, so that might be contributing. I think, um, but. 
Jason Tatum is is a beast. He's a monster, has been since he came into the league, and he's only getting better. Uh, and I think that's evident in almost every game he plays. Uh, Jalen Brown, another consistent player for them. Um, I uh, I really I think a sleeper for the Heat is uh, Kelly Olynyk. I, I think if he is playing well on defense and he's he's getting his open shots and he's hitting. Uh, he can he can kind of stir up a little a little run uh, every now and then. Um, but that man that, that kid Tyler Harrow or Hero however you pronounce it, he is a uh, he is a stud uh, for the years to come in Miami. I think honestly, I saw you uh, tweeted or you retweeted something about saying something about Giannis you know moving on or whatever, and it was fake, and um, and it had something to do with Golden State or something. And I like was thinking about it. I was like, you know, if they moved a couple pieces around in Miami, he really honestly might fit well in there. Now, I don't know if he would clash with Jimmy, but uh, that just that that Pat Riley, you know, system and that their exposure system. I um, I don't know. I think I think he could do something in Miami. But that, that's, you know, that, I doubt that'll happen at all. You know, if if even Jonas even leaves. But as, yeah, as far as the series go, I see the Heat taking it in. I'll say six, uh, six or seven. I don't. I don't think it'll go anything less than six. Yeah, I just. I'm looking at the matchups. Obviously, it's gonna be Tatum and Jimmy. You got you Kemba and, and right. Dragic. You got Jalen Brown and uh, Tyler Hero or whoever starts at the two for them. Um, you have Bam Adebayo, and then you have Thias or Theus or whatever his name is. Yeah. And then uh, Gordon Haywood, if he is healthy, is going to line up at the four, or if he's going to line up at the three, depending on where Jason goes. And uh, he's going to be matched up with whoever the hell is over there. I don't know if it's Kelly. I don't know if it's Iguodala. Again, I haven't really been too much in tune. But I think that Jadam and Jimmy matchup is going to be wild. I think the two of them going at it. Obviously, Jason Tatum is one of the better offensive players in the league. Uh, The man can go out and get a shot with that 6'10 height and shoot over anybody. He's got the ability to put mm-hmm. it down on the floor and attack the basket. His stroke, even when contested, ridiculous. Uh, Jalen Brown is a, a amazing two-way player, you know, bounces through the roof. At the same time, he's developing, developing a little bit of a jump shot. <laughs> My dog, Kemba Step Back Buckets, comes from Zihud <laughs> and is from the Bronx. So, you know, you got that born chip on your shoulder. So we all know he can ball out when he needs to. But like you said, it's got to be a little bit more of a consistent basis. I just checked the score. I think it was 69-70 Celtics. And the leading scorer from that Heat game, or should I say I only saw the Heat portion, was Goran Dragic with 18 points. So I'm not watching the game, but I think people need to put some more respect on that man's name because he is in his 30s. He is a lefty, sharpshooting, consistent role player in the NBA. Yeah, it's a a seven-point game right now, um, but... um, I also, and I've been saying this for a while now, I fully believe you, even with Jimmy on the team, I fully believe Bam Adebayo is the best player on that Heat roster. Yep. Uh, he is going to be scary when he comes into his own. Uh, when, once he figures out, a, a, you know, just a little bit more of his game, um, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with down low. I think he's going to be another key player that if he has a big series, um, I think it could sway the series uh, tremendously. Big time. The man plays it. I don't think. The ball. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Celtics really match up well against him, uh, big man wise. Yeah, the Celtics don't really have a lot of depth. You know, obviously letting go of Horford and having the inconsistency on that portion of the bench. You know, you don't really yep. see too much from them on that part. But I mean, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. The Celtics have been playing very well. Again, I I didn't think that that Toronto series was going to end up going seven, especially when I they went up two zero. Called that. Just saying. I mean, I called the Heat getting into the conference finals, but you know, I didn't get any money out of that because your boy's way too broke to be gambling the money, the pennies he does have. Uh, <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics pull out a seven-game series just because of that. The yep. coaching staff of the Celtics, the, the the players on that team are just all of them are just very stubborn, gritty players. I mean, like I said, Kemba, Jalen, Jason. They're just like, yo, they're ballers. They're going to go get it. You know what I mean? And, like, if you really look at it, Goran Dragic versus Kemba, matchup goes to Kemba. You know what I mean? Like, if you really want to match up with it, the bench, I would say the Heat has a little bit of a stronger depth, a little bit of a stronger bench. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to see that series. And as I say that, I'm not watching a lick of that game. So <laughs> by C, I mean recap. But... To go back to your interesting point of Giannis, I've been talking about this with a lot of people for some time now, even before this season started. If I'm being brutally and bluntly honest, I don't think Giannis goes back to Milwaukee, period. Really? I don't think he goes back no matter the result of what happens. Now, huh. mind you, I could be looking a little bit too into the fact of after he had that meeting with the owner and the coaching staff that he unfollowed pretty much everybody on Instagram, but it just sucks because that's what the youth does nowadays. Like, when things go wrong, you hear about it through second and third channels, a.k.a. social media. Um, yeah. I think Giannis leaves, man. I really do think so. I don't know about the heat setup just because um, I think him and Jimmy will clash. And I think Jimmy's too prideful to say, even if they lose this series, they got here without a superstar. Yeah. Like, Jimmy is the superstar, but he's not a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not of that caliber. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, top-tier all-star player. Agreed. But he's not, like, on that Giannis level. He's not on that Braun level. So when you look at the Heat, you don't say they have a superstar on their team. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy just turned 30 or 31 or whatever. Uh, Giannis is 25. I think that the, the mentality of Jimmy and the, the mindset of Giannis would not work well. If it happened, I think it would be pretty cool. But yeah. I don't know if Miami's going to be able to want to – or should I say, I don't know if Miami's going to want to let go of the pieces that they have because they fit so perfectly together. Yeah, I don't the- know if they want to give that away. The main reason I brought Miami up is just because I believe, if my memory serves me correct, they should have a max spot opening up pretty soon. Uh, be a trade though. What do you? Yeah, give up? that is a thing. That he, I, I, I mean, that is that Pat that's willing thing, to let go of pieces. That's the thing is, it does if he wants if Giannis wants to come there, but it's involved in a trade. Do you get rid of Jimmy for a, a Giannis type player? Not. But yeah, I, in my opinion, I don't either. I don't either. That's so. why I don't think that he belongs in Miami or that it would work. I think Golden State would work just because of the fact that the, the one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history finds a way to m- miraculously pull off a number two overall pick in the draft, and that yeah. is immediate stock right there. The Bucks can go out and get LaMelo because I don't think that the Timberwolves go and get him. They have enough guards. They have D'Angelo. You don't go and sign LaMelo Ball, or should I say draft LaMelo Ball. If they do... They're trading him, and if they keep him, it just furthers the point of Minnesota is probably one of the worst-ran organizations in the NBA because they genuinely don't need him. They have too much talent 
at the guard position in terms of D'Angelo Russell's already on a supermax. You don't go and draft another point guard. Even if you put Russell at the two, it just it doesn't make sense. It's a losing franchise. What are you gonna have two stud guards and 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 uh Anthony uh Carl Anthony Towns? It, that, to me it doesn't make sense. You know, you lost Wiggins, go improve and draft a forward. Go and draft that other kid, uh what's his name? Weiss Junior. No, Weiss Junior's a Wiseman, center, right? Think about Wiseman. Wiseman, that Wise Junior. I don't know. Wiseman's a five, and then you yeah, have that kid a, in Georgia. He, Who's the kid from Georgia? Uh, he was the number one recruit last season, and then he chose to he declared to go to Georgia, which everybody was like so stuck on. I can't remember man. his damn name. What what position did he play? He plays like a, a forward or something, like top recruit. University of Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like Anthony Walker. Is it Walker? Kyle Walker? Excuse us, cast, as we currently uh, research this particular player's name. NBA. Looking. Oh, Anthony Edwards. Ed, eh, I knew it had he's an a, Anthony in it. He's a two guard. Yeah, so they'll, he'll probably play the two or the three. I, I think that would make the most sense for uh, Minnesota to go through. But again, getting on the, the Giannis train here. I think Golden State finds a way to package some form of a deal that unfortunately would send either A, Draymond, or B, Clay Thompson out there. And I think that Clay would be the most reasonable one. Or not reasonable. I think it would, uh, logical because they're, Milwaukee is going to go for a shooter. They're not breaking up the splash. Brothers. I don't think so either. But I think that Golden State finds a way to pull it out, man. I talked to my boy. Uh, shout out to Mike. He was on an episode a few a few months ago. And he said that uh, if it happens, that uh, the, the, or should I say if it doesn't happen, they're going to draft LaMelo and they're going to trade other assets to get him that aren't Clay. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know if it's possible, but I think he's going to go to Golden State. I don't think he goes to Miami and another team that someone was mentioning. I can't remember. Um, Something fucking random, and I mean like the epitome of random, like some random ass team that I don't think Giannis would go to. Nevertheless, I think he's out. I think he leaves, and I don't know if he ever wins a championship depending on where he goes because his best bet was staying in Milwaukee with the team he's comfortable with because they are a solid team. They just need more shooters. The team is built around him. It's it's why it works. Exactly. I think that they it's just the need more shooters. It's the same thing with Dwight Howard in Orlando. Yep. I think he needs more shooters. Oh, 100%. I mean, well... He needs to develop his jump shot. That, that is that is Kev. That is the one piece that is missing from his game that elevates him to that LeBron. Team. To me, he's never been on that LeBron, Kobe, MJ level. He's always been one step below that. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, the man is a he's the Greek freak for a reason, but he's never you know produced when it counts. I guess when he's given the opportunities. Yep. Agreed. And, and I think his 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 lack of a jump shot has been his biggest Achilles heel to his game. Now he goes and fixes that. He gets, and I'm not even saying you gotta have a killer three pointer. Just get a mid range jumper so that when you come off those screens, you, they they only think you're going to the basket right now. If you can get that and you pull that bad boy back and just th- throw it up and you know it's going in because you've been practicing on it. Your game elevates. That makes defenders have to think twice as hard about what they're about to do with you. And, and with his, his size and athleticism, that is a danger. That's that's honestly like it gives me Kevin Durant vibes. Honestly, because 
now don't get me wrong i'm not comparing them i'm just saying kd is the most elite scorer i've ever seen point blank period yeah don't, don't get that twisted whatsoever Never. i'm not comparing their, i'm not comparing their scoring abilities whatsoever i'm just saying if giannis can get that just with his versatility and length that you shouldn't be able to do what he does at his height same with kd here's my counterpoint and this is why this is becoming one of my favorite episodes because we both have different views um kd came into college as a sharpshooter yeah yeah kd was always small and he stood small kd didn't develop a defensive presence until he went to golden state and that system said yo we need you to be a little bit more of an anchor like we can't just have you scoring 30 and then giving up 30 100 so Giannis is a player that kind of came out of left field. Giannis was a skinny, scrawny guy that said, yo, I'm taller than everyone. I'm going to dunk on everybody. But that jump shot was always second fiddle, if not third, because he then improved on his strength. Then he then improved on his ball handling. A lot of times Giannis is bringing up that basketball. So it's either that spin in or out of the basket. It's the I'm going to take my two long-ass giraffe steps and dunk it. (laughs) <laughs> or I'm catching a lob off of the pick and roll because we all know damn well if Giannis is open in the corner, top of the key, no matter where he, I'm letting your bitch ass shoot that, period. 100%. 100%. KD, on the other hand, even if he does develop that, I don't know how to guard that because I put my hand up and I try to I try to contest you when you catch it at the top because you are a person to be disrespectful and pull it in my mouth. Mm-hmm. But it's the point, like, I, I feel like Kevin has such... Uh, a, a fear factor that goes into him where he's literally going to shoot it in your face or he's going to literally throw the basketball through your throat. Yeah. Because he has that type of a dual threat kind of play, which is why I don't think Giannis will ever get to that point. Now, I get what you're saying in terms of just the height advantage of him pulling and him getting confident. It, it could end up being a scary sight. Yeah. But I think Giannis is already kind of accepting if you really look at it. When he's open, he kind of hesitates. He has to be like oh, yeah. Ben Simmons open to shoot it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know if he'll ever get that. It really, I, I think if he goes to Golden State, I think that is why he's going to go also. You have two of the greatest shooters of all time that are going to yeah. show you how to stroke it. Yeah, and and it, that's – if he goes to Golden State, man, that's just another – dynasty coming. That's another – that's like having KD on there. I mean because that brings attention to him down low. And you got, like you said, the two best shooters in the league. Uh, I mean, to kick it out to, that's that's just a scary thing. I mean, and then it was vice versa. You got those two guys on the wing with the ball. They're going to, you know, pick up a double team. Guess who you got down low? The freak. So, I mean, it's that that would be that's why I think it's going to happen. Unfair and scary. That's why I think it's going to happen. But, I mean, we've already seen the unfair happen in the NBA with KD going to them. So, I, I, I will not ever put that. A crazy trade like that, uh, or a, or a signing like that, ever passed me anymore. So never, never. It's, it's hysterical because we literally ignored the entire Heat Celtic series as it continues to unfold as we talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. But it just, it happens. I mean, you know, this is what happens with my cast. I tend to uh, drift off into some tangents, and, you know, <laughs> as I continue to pass along through the uh, through the sporting world. I think you got. Uh, I think you got a no hitter to tell me about, man. What's going on with them Cubbies, bro? That boy, Alec Mills of the Chicago Cubs. We'll get a round of applause for the man real quick. I'm All right. Microphone, I'm clapping my head. Big enough. <laughs> no, yeah, he um he had a uh, no hitter versus the Brewers, I believe, uh, the other night. Um, 
he's not really a very consistent pitcher, which is why I'm very surprised it was him that pulled it off. Uh, I mean, he's got an ERA sitting around four. Um, he's tied for 69th in strikeouts. So, I mean, he's not the most impressive pitcher. He's got he's five and three this year. So, I mean, he's not like I said our best uh, pitcher in our rotation. But I mean, I know, like you said earlier, no hitter is a no hitter. Um, I mean, it's baseball history. Um, so, I mean, you got to kind of, you know, take what you can get with, with that. Um, overall, man, I, the Cubs, I mean, we're sitting in first in our division. Um, we started off pretty hot. I think we were like 10 and two to start off and we started losing a couple games. Yeah. I know you guys were the other team that was started off really hot. Um, but, uh, yeah, we kind of fell off for a little bit. We're sitting at 28 and 20 right now, but. Two game, we're on the two game win streak, playing the Indians live at the moment. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I don't know. I think the last time I was in Chicago was like 2015 uh, when I went to my last game there. And just the, uh, which I should have just waited a year <laughs> because they won the series the what next year. But, uh, but other than that, man, uh, it, the change as far as not even just uh, player wise, like. Um, uh, even with you know Madden leaving last uh, last season, I believe, and you know us getting David Ross back, I mean that was like a dream come true for a, a, a you know a, a, a true Cubs fan. You know seeing Ross back in the dugout, um, you know being the skip. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see where the rest of this this uh, shortened season takes us. Uh, especially like you were telling me with this new playoff format, um, I'm interested to see what teams get in and what the matchups are because I think that's going to factor in a lot to who ends up advancing, obviously, you know, with these, with, what you said, 16 teams this year, 16 teams. Um, and it used to be 10. I just think 10, that's yeah. weird. That's, um, I mean, that's, that's six teams that normally aren't in there that could completely, you know, rile some things up and change the, the course of the way this postseason is going to go. So, um, you know, I think, I think this is a this is baseball season is going to be as far as postseason goes um, is going to be very interesting to say the least. Uh, I think it's going to be jam packed full of close games. I think it's going to be jam packed full of blowouts as well. But uh, regardless, uh, I think I think being a baseball fan in general, um, I, I don't think you can really ask for much more though. It's just more baseball to watch. Can't cannot disagree more. Obviously, football being number one in my life and baseball right behind it. But I think where do I where do I start, man? Like I'm sitting here slouched in my fucking bed as I start to get depressed over my favorite team of all time. And yeah, let's talk about them Yanks, baby. You're riding a five game win streak. What do you want to hear? I mean, you know, the injury bug finds a way to fuck us again. You know, Stanton's on the IL. You have. Judge when on is the it? IL. I don't, I don't understand what the fuck's happening there. You have Gio Urshela up and down on the IL. You have freaking Gary Sanchez getting uh, getting benched every now and again because, as I've stated one million times, and I'll say it again, the man is too inconsistent to do a fucking thing other than swing for the fences. Uh, like <laughs> you said, five-game win streak. Uh, I believe as of right now we are currently destroying the Toronto Blue Jays or the yeah, Buffalo you're... Blue Jays oh, as of right the second because I think we're winning... 12 to 3. Yeah, you're being 
beating the dog shit out of him. Yeah, it's 12 to 3, but, you know, our bullpen has been dog shit, and it is the fourth inning, so we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, what happened? We beat the Orioles once, or should I say, we beat the Blue Jays once, and then we went on a four-game series sweep of the Orioles, and we, we, we look decent, but it's like you said, the 60-game series is really going to show us what we're made of. I just, I have no idea what what's going on. I mean... I'll tell you what's going on. Tampa Bay Rays, baby. That's what's going on. Oh, shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. I can't. I don't even want to think about the Rays. For whatever reason, we've beaten y'all once this season. We played you like a total of 10 times. That I don't entire, understand what's going on here. That entire pitching staff is nasty. It's gross. The farm system finally paid off, man. All those years yeah. of them sucking and getting them draft picks and trading away assets like Longoria, it is all paying yeah. off. And, and let is- the record show. You cannot be a fan of two teams. I don't want to hear it. I don't believe in it. It's bullshit. So you claim the Cubs. You claim the Rays. Shut up. Okay. Well, I am a Cubs fan at heart, but I'm, I live in Tampa, so I got to I gotta rep the No, 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 no. Well, it's a hometown team, man. I don't give a shit if you were born in the stadium. If you're a Cubs fan, you're a Cubs fan. All right. Uh, well, no, no, no. If if the Cubs play the end up playing the Rays for some reason in a series, I'm Cubs 100%. All right, there's your answer, ladies and gentlemen. Dawson yeah. is claiming the Chicago yeah. Cubs, and he's stuck with it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to it. Um, I Also, I'm reading something here five hours ago. Stan is back with the Yanks after missing 32 games. Yeah, him and Judge and Gio are coming back this Friday or this Saturday from the IL, so we'll see what happens there. So it's not um, tonight? Huh? It's not tonight. No, 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 no. It's, it's later in the week. Uh, What's his name? Aaron Boone said that he's going to kind of – Keep monitoring, keep getting them treatment, but have them back with the team. You know, keep keep them up to date, keep an eye on them. For whatever reason, uh, Giancarlo Stanton can bench press a fucking tractor trailer, but his legs are dog shit. The man always pulls a calf, a quad, a hamstring. I, he doesn't even run that fast because usually when he's on base, he's trotting from a home run. If I'm being honest with yeah. you, so I don't I don't know where the injuries are coming from. Aaron Judge, same thing, lower injury, came back a few weeks ago, and then literally that same game he came back, he left and went back on the IL that night because he pulled his calf muscle. So I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm curious. Obviously, we are uh, 26 and 21. Yeah. Yeah, we're 26 and 21. We're a game behind the Blue Jays. Hopefully, after today, we'll be right behind the Rays by three games. You're only uh, You're only a half game behind the Blue Jays. Well, after tonight, we'll be up a half then, right? Or we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll be well, I think it'll be tied. We'll be tied. So I just – I really don't know what's going to happen with us being with, – with with it being a 16-game postseason. I say the Yankees are getting in without a doubt. It's a matter of can we pick it the fuck up. It's funny because Garrett Cole is struggling. He goes out and throws a seven-inning shutout with two, stri- uh, with, uh, two hits, and we win that game handily. Mashihiro Tanaka is either hot one day or he's actually throwing up dog shit. And I've said dog shit 17 times this podcast. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and then we have Jordan Montgomery. Monty's coming out there and he's dealing, uh, you know, a good hand. And we have this kid that came out of DR, man. This, oh, my God. What's his name? He's been a stud since he got called up. Oh, man. That pitcher that's like 21 years old and he's – I think it's like – Oh, God. Once again, please hold. Is it Garcia? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Jebby Garcia? Something Jebby Garcia? Garcia? Yeah, Debbie Garcia. Jebby. Jebby. The, the, that kid came out of left field, and he's putting up numbers for us. You know what I'm saying? I know. I think he's one and one, but the record doesn't show. The kids come out here at 21 years old, and he's he's just composed no matter who t- is catching for him. I mean, like, we are out here just... 
pulling pitchers from God knows where because we're so desperate. And, I mean, J.A. Happ threw six innings the other day, and he, I thought we were going to designate his ass for assignment, and he's thrown the last couple of games pretty well. So the Yankees are the definition of a roller coaster because we're out there and we're, we're beating the shit out of the Orioles. We can't well, beat the Rays, and then well, we would, are, like, inconsistent everywhere else. I wouldn't say with the Orioles because if you look if you look a little bit further back before that Blue Jays series before the Orioles series and before the Blue Jays you guys lost three out of four to the Orioles but so I mean, I mean overall like okay now, overall yeah 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 100% so I mean what are we we're well over the halfway mark of the season we're coming up yeah. to the final stretch I mean you guys yep. are what 28 and 20 right so you're 48 games and you have 12 games left before the postseason starts yep so if I'm being honest I am petrified of playing the Rays at any point in time in the postseason. The Indians, I'm talking AL, obviously. The Indians have me nervous. You know, it, it, it just, I don't know what to do because we have a lot of matchup possibilities going into it. But I just, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a, it's going to be weird having 16 teams. The White Sox are yeah. probably one of the hottest teams are alongside the Athletics right now. So that's yeah. spooky. Yeah, and give it give it one or two more years to if if they don't do it any t- before that, uh, the White Sox they got a nice a nice squad over there. The I hate White to admit, Sox, it. Twins. It's the other it's the other Chicago team, but they they're gonna be they're gonna be dominant in the next couple of years. Uh, let the record also show the dirty cheating pieces of shit of the team that is out there in Houston is under five hundred. So go bang on some fucking bag of dicks, you pieces of shit. Um, yeah. I'm looking at yeah. the NL right now. The Braves are right there with you, 28 and 20. Nothing really crazy. I would say the only team that jumps out in the NL is the obvious shocker of the entire world with Fernando Tatis of the freaking Padres. Padres, yeah. But we all knew the Dodgers were a powerhouse in the NL, and that's going to be the the team to beat with the the pitching rotation that they have and the studs in the outfield that they have as well. So. I don't think the NL East is anything to worry about. I think your only competition is genuinely, if you play up to par, is going to be the Padres and the Dodgers. Yeah, I was going to say the the Dodgers were on my list for sure, um, but they're, they're there every year, and and unfortunately, they, were they yeah, usually end up in the, the 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 title game and the title series. And obviously, we all know how that goes. Clayton Kershaw shows up, <laughs> and he decides to show up. I'm saying he shows up and nothing goes right, but um, but honestly, uh, the way the season that you you Darvish is having for us right now, I mean, he's in contention for the the oh, NL side. Yeah. So I mean, we're getting a lot. We're getting uh, me personally. I wasn't expecting that out of him um, uh, ever right now, just because last season in the se- first season we had him, I he, I just really wasn't impressed with the way he played and his outings. But I mean, this year he's got to click on all cylinders. It's all cylinders. Every game I've I've watched him, or um, every bit uh, bit of a game that I've seen him pitch, has either been three up, three down, or he's striking out everyone. And then maybe there's one or two hits here and there. But I mean, he's consistently, uh, you know, sitting guys down. Um, so I, I, like I said, I'm not watching every single game. You know that I that I I'm not <laughs> trying to act like I'm sitting here watching all nine innings every night. Um, but you know the games that I do catch. Uh, they they look very uh, impressive. They look like they're they're poised for a, a deep postseason run. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm still waiting on our Yankees Cubs World Series matchup, which 
would in yeah. turn end up not mattering because if it's this year, there's no fans, so we can't go to the game. I know, but we if that ever does happen, we have to catch one in New York and in Chicago. Uh, you let me know how that salary is going to work for you because I can barely afford to go anywhere right <laughs> we'll, now. We'll work it out somehow. <laughs> Listen, I'm not doing any of your dastardly ideas. You know exactly right. what I'm talking we'll, about. We'll, we'll go to New York. We can You can show me everything up there. I, I'll compromise. I We'll go to New. York. I haven't been to Yankee Stadium yet, so we can do I that. I've never been to Wrigley, and that's definitely on my bucket list. So obviously, well, I want to go there. So we'll have to go. Well, I'm down for Wrigley. I love Wrigleyville, so we can go get drunk or something. Excuse you, kind sir. I'm a man of wisdom yeah. and, and responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, come on. Let's be real here. As if we didn't have that night at Jess's house with that video say, I send you every year. I'm pretty sure you just sent that over a couple of weeks ago, so I don't want to know. Him. <laughs> oh, a it's a part of the memory. Long night. Long night. It's long night. Shit. I felt like that night didn't end, especially the next day. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, next day, I'm going to switch it over to next gen. We have the next gen consoles. Obviously, this past week, Microsoft revealed their gaming console prices and release dates. And uh, as Sony fans, up until you told me right before we spoke, before we recorded, I thought Sony was really going to tell me to uh, suck a fat one because we haven't heard shit from them in weeks, obviously. But we have a Sony conference or PlayStation conference tomorrow at 10 a.m. for those of you that are unaware. Uh, Tomorrow being Wednesday, uh, September 16th, because none of you are going to be able to listen to this until 8 a.m. So... Hmm. um, what do you think, man? Obviously, Microsoft threw out their specs. Uh, it beats PlayStation by a smidge. Uh, Microsoft came out and revealed that they're going to have a second, smaller system with the Xbox S for two ninety nine, and then the Xbox S for four ninety nine. Let me know your thoughts, bro. Um. Well, me personally, being a PlayStation guy, I am kind of against the whole Xbox gang, uh, but. Looking at their specs compared to ours, uh, I think the biggest difference was a couple either megahertz or gigahertz um, in a certain area. And the biggest one I saw was the teraflop difference. And to my knowledge, I don't believe that has too much to do with the performance of the gaming itself. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I read. Um. But me personally, uh, like like I was saying before we started recording, I uh, I I think with the plate with the Xbox S uh, compared to the X, you're paying about two hundred dollars more, but you're getting a lot more power to your console. Don't get don't get that twisted because the X is going to be a very powerful console. Now. There's a lot of power you're losing if you get the digital version of the Xbox. Now, it's not, you know, anything to where you're not it's not going to be anything like the X, but you're giving up a significant amount of power uh compared to what um the X provides. And it's $200 worth of hardware. Um now compared to the PlayStation, the only specs we have on that as far as the differences in the digital and the disc version is that the one's going to have a disc drive and one's not. So if that doesn't change and Sony announces that the digital edition is going to be 299 just like Xboxes and the regular will be 399 or 499 me personally I think Sony's going to blow Xbox out of the water with that because why are people going to pay the extra money with Xbox 
or with the with the PlayStation when they can get a, like you said a smidge less power than the Xbox and the PlayStation for two hundred dollars less. I mean, why why are you going to pay the extra two hundred and not get what you're you know what you're what you're asking for as far as a, con- a consumer? Because if you're in my eyes, at least, I'm not going to pay an extra two hundred dollars for an extra teraflop and a couple gigahertz or megahertz or whatever it is. That's I'm not doing that. If Sony really releases the the information and says, "Oh, the digital edition is going to be two ninety nine, and the only spec difference is it doesn't have a disc drive. You can't put discs in to watch movies or play games. It has to be all digital." That's a no brainer in my opinion. If you're an if you're going for an Xbox at that point, you're getting finessed <laughs> because. You're getting a smidge, like you said, a smidge less power in the PlayStation compared to the Xbox, and but you're paying two hundred dollars more. That just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Now, if it if if that hardware, the two hundred dollars worth, makes that big of a difference, then there's a conversation to be had. But in my opinion, you're getting finessed <laughs> as an Xbox uh, player or consumer just because. They're giving you a, a significantly less powerful console digitally than with the disc drive, and plus, it's ugly as hell. <laughs> it looks like Amazing. a damn mini fridge, <laughs> or like you could put you literally could put a glass table on top of it, and that could be your centerpiece in your living room. <laughs> like it's Life unreal. Body. It's I mean, uh, they, they don't get me wrong. The PS5 is ugly as hell too. I, I'm not a big fan of it either. Now, I did hear possibly that with the ps5 that the panels are interchangeable so the white panels that were on the side yeah they might they might come with like a customized almost like a nike id if you had to put it in nike terms yeah. <laughs> like a nike id panel thing where well, i'm sure it'd be sold separately you got to buy the panels um so they can get their coin but that's something i heard and then as far as the release dates and stuff go um and like we were talking about earlier with the special editions if there are going to be any I really hope they give us that information with the date and the price because as a consumer, I, me personally, if, if I know there's going to be that uh, Spider-Man, let's say they do the Spider-Man, Miles Morales one. Let's say, they say they make that the, the special edition PlayStation 5. Cop. And they say, oh, uh, we're going to release the regular ones now. So they release, they release the regular PS5s. And then February comes, they're like, oh, uh, we're going to drop this Spider-Man special edition. Why didn't you tell me that at the initial, you know, launch, so I didn't have to spend this money? One, because I wanted this special edition, and two, someone else who just wanted a regular PS5 could have got mine type deal. So I mean, that's just I think that's things that I hope they thought about. Um, I hope that's things that they're bringing to us in this uh, reveal. Um, I'm interested to see what games they're revealing. I heard there's going to be a couple games that they showcase. Um, I forgot what one of the demos is supposed to be, um, or a rumor, uh, but... I know you mentioned I, GTA. Everybody's been waiting for that, I, if possible. I fully believe GTA 6 will be out on this, this generation of consoles. I'm not saying it's going to be in the next two, three years. I still think we're four or five years away from a GTA 6, realistically. And I'm not mad about that. I'm just mad that they've released this damn GTA 5 on three different consoles. <laughs> I'm so over it. I'm so... I literally can't do anything else in this game, like <laughs> online in the campaign. I can't do anything else, so you got to give me something. I was never a GTA fan. I was that guy that would get GTA, or should I say, play GTA in my friends' dorms. Uh, shout out to Randy and Ruffin. Um, 
back in college when they had GTA, they had all the cheat codes for the 360. Oh, yeah. And legitimately, all we did was, like, we would do the cheat codes on the cell phone. I would get the unlimited ammo, go get yep. a helicopter, fly, jump off, and kill myself because I was like, oh, yeah. this is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That was it, though. I never played yeah, GTA. I, I didn't really care for I, it. I, was, I gravitated to GTA mainly because I wasn't allowed to have it or play it as a child. So when I was older and I started getting more into gaming, um, that was one of the titles that really grabbed my attention mainly because I wasn't allowed to play it as a younger kid and rightfully so, <laughs> but it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, trust me. I would not want, if I had kids, I would not want them playing it at the age I was wanting to play it. And when they were releasing them, um, but yeah, no, once, once I was, uh, kind of not on my own, but once I was able to kind of, you know, play those type of things, uh, of those games at least um that's really why i gravitated to it because of <laughs> not being able to play previously so that's really why i gravitated to it and then i just got hooked on it um so yeah they got a they got a decent amount of money out of me so i'll give them that <laughs> yeah for this um yeah so my my biggest thing for the consoles right so for the record dawson was not sony loyal throughout the entire thing yeah since I, I was since i was a child I've had PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4, right? I've never once owned an Xbox, had an Xbox. I tried to get an Xbox. I will I will defer to that in high school. But I think for whatever reason, uh, I was supposed to go to the store and get it. But then it ended up raining, so it didn't happen. And then I waited till I moved to Florida, and I got a PS4. So with all that being said, um, I have the specs up here right now. So my biggest thing for the PS5 is backwards compatibility. Yep. It is only going to go as far back as PS4, and you know there are rumors that it's going to be able to backtrack to some older games. Um, if Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, um, Ratchet and Clank aren't available, um, it's it, to me that's in an automatic L for the Xbox. It's it's got Xbox One games, 360, and some of the original Xbox games as well. That to me that's an automatic win on that part on that department um, financially. With what we talked about, like I said prior to the cast. I believe Sony did not think, and so rumors are having it that it costs so much money to make a PS5. If they don't charge a certain amount of money, PlayStation's going to lose regardless in terms of finances. They're not going to make enough. So that's why I think that the PS5 is going to cost $599 because... Like like I've said, you know, it costs too much to make, and then we're already limited to how many units are coming to the American portion of it for the first release whenever that does decide to happen, which leads me to believe that the second wave of systems, like you said, with the special edition consoles, again, I'm going to say it for the fourth time, if there's a motherfucking Miles Morales PS5 and it's anywhere in near shape or form, possible, I'm by, cop, babe, 100%. Hint, market, anniversary gift... Christmas, if it's there, hint, hint, hint. Anyway, um, hint. Uh, so I'm looking at the uh, the CPU that's an eight core, three point five gigahertz, and then we have for the Xbox the eight core, three point eight gigahertz. Not much of a difference there for the GPU. It's a ten point three teraflop, and then for the Xbox, it's a twelve teraflop. So yeah. that would be a little bit more of a bigger gap. Um, and then the storage. Now, this is a now, big gap. The storage is a big gap for me. This is huge. Well, now listen. Before you put the specs out there, this is why I didn't bring up the storage because I use an external hard drive. So do I. So that's, that's, that's not a problem for me. 
So I use one too, but for for the lot of people that don't because they yeah. don't want to spend that extra money, like if, if I'm dropping five or six hundred on a system, I would hope that I can play a lot of games. Let's be fucking honest. This Call of Duty that we're currently playing and are obsessed with and for whatever reason continue to play because we're stupid, <laughs> every update, depending on your console, is 50 to 60 gigahertz or gigabytes, excuse me. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I 100%. And, and the whole... You know, downloading this file will reduce the current the current file size. I don't understand how that works. I don't either. In my opinion, I, d- I really don't understand how that that data transfer works. Um, but I mean, I've seen I've seen it the 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 bar move down. So I mean, it it does do what it says. But I I just don't know how that works. So this is why I have a problem with it. This is why I think to a to a degree to a significant smidge of a degree, Xbox is winning from a Sony loyal customer from a PlayStation fanatic. Mm-hmm. Not only is it backwards compatible, not only is the teraflop just a little bit bigger, but the storage is significantly bigger. Yep. And significant is for those of you that don't know, the PlayStation. I didn't get to finish. The PlayStation is 825 gigabytes. Gig, uh, gigabytes. The Xbox is automatically base model one terabyte. Call of Duty alone is the difference of gigabytes between the PlayStation and the fucking Xbox. Like, let that sit in. One video game is almost a quarter of the size of your initial factory storage without an external hard drive. That is unnecessary because, you know, the the storage is only going to get bigger. This Cold War shit is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. There's zombies in it, too, so you know that's going to be a way bigger file. It's probably, yeah, and and we can get into COD in a second, in in the Cold War game, but... um, but yeah, the file size, as far as all that goes, hundred percent agree with that. It's it does get a little ridiculous, even with the external hard drive. You knowing you have space, but it's just like, like you said, for the people who don't, it it can be a hindrance to whether you want to play this game or not. Sometimes. Um, but with that being said, seeing how they made these consoles, because if I mean, if you remember correctly, previous consoles, the previous generation, you didn't have to download these games. You popped it in and you played. Um, and obviously you still had to create because you had to save it onto the system. Yeah. So, but that and was a smaller file. Exactly. But now, with you know all the you know graphics and enhanced stuff that you know comes with these systems, you know there's this is one of the setbacks that we have as as players that we have to do. Now, having this console for four plus five plus years now, and as a, a person that plays a decent amount of video games. You know that you can only if without an external hard drive, you can fit about three, four, five games on your console. Max. That's not the move if you're really playing games. So if you're really playing games like that, you're gonna have an external hard drive. I don't. I, I don't. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. It's not even like a a thing you should have or you want. Like you kind of need to have. You should have it as. I mean, as an actual gamer, not just playing 2K Madden and COD. Like for someone that plays a multitude of a variety exactly. of games, you, you have need to, to have it have to have it so that's that's where i'm coming from when i when i look at the storage aspect of it is if you're really gaming and you're serious about you know spending this money on this console the storage really isn't going to be a big factor for you because you're going to have that external hard drive that's where i'm coming from so now here's the counterpart to that right so the external hard drive supposedly is supposed to be compatible both ways because it's just the usb drive it's just the usb port so it's transferable i have the seagate uh, sony exclusive hard drive so it's compatible no matter what now, all of my games are PlayStation 4. Now, I don't have anything that's comparable to Flip. So basically, I'm losing everything on it. So my terabyte or my two terabytes that's on this 
is going to be wiped clean because I'm not going to play PlayStation 4 anymore. So, it's good, but at the same time, for those that are religious gamers, for those that do want to go back or be able to backwards com- uh, to play backwards compatibility games, they lose everything on that hard drive, and they're going to be like, well, I just wasted $90 in gears of my gaming experience to just play PS4 and then lose it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel that 100%. Now, this is just me personally. Um... I'm always gonna have love for the PS4. This is, I mean, I've had some great moments online with you and other, you know, all, all my other friends or whatever. So, like, the mark. I'm, I'm never getting rid of this thing. So I'm always gonna have it. So as far as the whole back that, and we talked about this before too, is you know the backwards compatibility thing isn't as big of a deal to me as it is to you, and that's just that's gonna be between the, who the person is that is buying the console. That's yeah. That's just preferences. Now, going off of that, like I said, I'm not getting rid of this thing. So, like you said, if if I can't play all these games that I have on this thing on my five because for some reason it doesn't work or whatever, I'm always going to have this. So I will have the four with me if I need. If for some reason I needed to play some game, I just needed some nostalgia that you know was a PS4 or whatever. Um, you know, I'll have I'll have the Spider Man, the first original Spider Man, or whatever. I'll have the PS4 set up, and like you know, I'm I'm like I told you before, I'm getting a whole you know stream set up or whatever when the when the five drops and all that stuff. So I'll have more of a nice little setup than just my my whole TV and all that. But I uh, I I just I I don't, and I like you. You said you were a Sony man all the way till till now, um, all the way back back then. Um, I had a like I said I had a PS2 growing up PS1 um, even before that I was too young to really play it but uh, I played the PS2 all the time switched to the 360 when it came out and then I got a one in high school uh, went to college ended up giving my brothers the one and bought a PlayStation and I've never looked back uh, and I think the biggest thing for me like I was saying earlier was um, how it, how both of them play uh, I think. I think initially, obviously, being the PlayStation guy I am, I'm probably still going to buy the PlayStation regardless, um, just because I'm familiar with it. Now, we can get into the whole controller thing, because me personally, not a big fan of the new DualSense look, yeah, at least. It looks a little weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, personally, it's going to be, for me, how they play, um, because with the compared to the one and the four, I think the four handles games much better as far as now the frame rate is probably the same um, numbers wise, but I just it is. it's uh, one twenty FPS both ways. Yeah, the 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 games just feel uh, better in my hand. Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I understand, like you know, the comfortability of the joystick and like how comfortable yeah, you are with everything. The controller setup is so much better, in my opinion. I love this DualShock Four. I'm kind of mad they went for the bulkier look with the Five. It almost yeah, reminds me trying to make it comparable to Xbox users to switch them over. I I just I love the two joysticks in the middle. It it kind of just allows for it, me. It feels more uh, gives me more flow in whatever game I'm playing. It makes it easier um, as far as my my finger placements and stuff. Uh, now don't get me wrong. I don't got no scuff controller with the panels or anything like that. So you know I'm not I'm not getting into all that kind of stuff with controllers. But um, yeah, we're not Brandon Bro. Shout out to Bro. <laughs> but yeah, no, I 
I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, um, you know, what they, what they bring tomorrow, um, the information, uh, what, what games get released or what they're going to, going to put on display. Oh, Cyberpunk. I think that's the game they're going to demo. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing that. Uh, my shout out to my coworker, Colin. He was telling me about that this morning. He actually sent me the gameplay that I never got to cause work was fucking hell. But, uh, yeah, that was, a that was a big thing that I heard about. I just didn't realize that that was going to be tied into to ps5 um unfortunately i'm gonna have to cut this in terms of length i didn't realize how long we were going we're going like almost an hour and a half hour 40 like oh, we good. said like i said you did say that you did. I, I said this one was going to be a long one with the diversity of the topics so you told me you had some questions for me we're going to switch it up completely um i'm normally the one asking a million questions uh i figured i'd be open to be willing to have my guests ask me whatever they want um I mean, shoot, bro, whatever you got. So um, first thing, as far as your podcast goes, uh, where and and yourself, where do you feel like you have grown the most um, as far as just broadcasting and then personally? So I would say confidence is key. So at the beginning, you can tell my first three or four episodes, I was kind of like hesitant, stuttering, uh, repetitive. Obviously, there are certain phrases that I say over and over just out of habit for being alive for 26 years. And those are the phrases that I repeat in everyday life. But I would say uh, confidence and, you know, adaptivity. So I have to learn how to kind of like go with the flow when I realize that I'm going on a tangent for a little longer. Either I ride it out or I snip it then and there. So transitioning, I've gotten a little bit better. Um, as an individual, consistency, uh, typically at my age, you know, and, and, and when you're in your 20s, you are kind of like, eh, you know, things aren't really going the way I thought, you know, I'm young, I'll do something different. You know, like I've mentioned multiple times, the views aren't exactly where I want them to be, but you and, you know, other people, shout out to all the loyal fans that I do have or the loyal listeners that I do have that are always telling me on the day-to-day listen, it's not about the views right now, it's about the consistency. So there have been times I definitely have like sat in my room like, damn, it's I'm only at 20 views for like a week. Like my last episode, my movie trailer episode before the one before I did with AJ, it's still sitting at 28, but the raffle that I had with AJ is up to 36. So it's just like, did people not care about that one? Were people less interested in this one? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm trying to pick and choose uh, what kind of topics I'm bringing in. That's why I wanted to have another guest this week. I mean, I've been telling you that you were going to come on for a while. I've been not only putting it off, but trying to find the right content to use for the two of us because... Like I've yeah. stated multiple times, we're very well-rounded people in terms of conversation. So I think this was just the perfect time. But yeah. um, confidence for sure and then consistency is the other. So, yeah, I, I would say definitely um, I've noticed the confidence part for sure uh, and just listening to the podcast uh, over the, the course of you doing it. Um, it's gotten better every week, so definitely, um, definitely noticeable, um, at least in my eyes, and I'm sure your other listeners as well. Um, kind of going back to the sports aspect, uh, I want to ask you, what do you? So I have your Colts defense on my fantasy team, okay? Mm-hmm. And I like uh, Darius Leonard. Um, I like what's his name? Um, I think he's on. Yeah, DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a and uh, you have you guys let go of Quincy, didn't you? Yeah, he's on the Jets. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, I, I liked him on your squad. I thought he fit pretty well there. Obviously, it didn't. Um, but then again, I, I didn't really watch you guys too much. Um, what do you think? 
you guys need to work on the most? Is it your your front seven or is it your secondary? So I have been very adamant about our defense over the last 26 years of my life. Um, Our thing has always been pass rush. I feel that our inconsistency has always been on the front seven because of our lack of pass rush. That shows our weaker secondary. I mean, everybody that's ever played football or watches it intently knows you can have the greatest cornerbacks and safeties in the world, but if you're getting no pass rush, they're eventually going to break down and be tired and you know of coverage. So I would say that we're going to need, like for the rest of this season, Buckner's going to have to play better. I don't even think he had a tackle for a loss or barely had any impact, should I say, in that in that first game. With he, had, very... he, had, he had one tackle for loss. So, I mean, like I said, one or, or, or none. Um, I think that he's going to have to play up. I mean, for the money that we gave him, we're going to need Justin Houston to step up. Obviously, he had a sack and a half or two sacks, I believe, the 32, 33-year-old vet. He's doing his thing. Uh, Kamiko Terry's going to come back from injury within the next few weeks. Uh, Danico Autry had two sacks. So, I mean, our, once our pass rush is finally healthy, damn, man, it, is, is it her? Is it, is, it, is it her? No, it's some number from Gainesville keeps calling me, bro. I declined it for the last 15 minutes. Jesus Christ, Dawson's too popular. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you could see his face, this is what it is. It's the haircut. He's famous. Stop. Um, Stop. I think that our linebacking core is going to have to really step it up. Obviously, Leonard was just a non-factor last week, or should I say the last couple of games. Last game, Anthony Walker is going to have to step up as well. I think our cornerback play wasn't perfect. I mean, the Jaguars' best receiver had a total of 25 yards. So, I mean, Shark, or Shark, whatever you want to call him, whatever his name is pronounced appropriately, he only had 25 yards. I think the addition of Xavier Rhodes is going to help. And I think that uh, Malik Hooker playing in a contract year and then us drafting, ju- us drafting Blackman out of Utah and then us having Kiari Wilson come back from Michigan State last year, he's uh, he's going to play a big role in our defense as well. So I would say all around, all around, because we are just – we are not the team that we played like this Sunday. We are well better than what we did, and I think reps are going to help big time. We're, we're going to need, more, we're gonna need more, uh, more time to mesh together. Okay, so don't drop them is what I'm no, hearing. Definitely okay. not. We have an upside coming. I know we struggled against a weaker team, but I'm telling you, I don't know about starting them this week against Minnesota. They went and had a shootout with Green Bay, but hold on to them for at least another three weeks because if we continue to play like this, I guarantee you we're going to have some fucking problems from me. Yeah. All right, and my third and final question, when the hell are we going to link up? Because I'm tired of every Son time of every time I'm down there, you don't want to do nothing. And every time you're down here, I don't want to do nothing. So, okay, so for, for, for clerical purposes, there's COVID going around for the goddamn audience's awareness. So, you know, I know for a fact I'm just not comfortable going to a lot of places. And that's not an excuse. I have canceled, I mean, a multitude of plans with a lot of fucking people. Um, but the one time you came down here when... You came to Nike and my girl was working. That was the last time I saw you, which was well over a year ago. But the two times I was in Tampa, I believe it was a date day for me and the girl. And that was, you know, for me and the wifey. And that was kind of a day spontaneous trip. And then the time before that, I was a family. So that was kind of impossible. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh, that's fine. But, I mean, you know, it's. I would say it's getting better. But, I mean, you know, all these cases are just going to come back. COVID is a very difficult conversation. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll make I, it happen. I love Tampa. I, I'm falling in love with it more. I feel like I'm going to move there within the next one and two years. That's the goal. Um, 
if I go up there again, we can definitely make some plans. We can go to this. Uh, uh, we, let's go get a drink or grab some food or something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, man. Socially distance. You know, put some yeah, cardboard we in between us with a hole. Together. Kev, geez, I know you want to see me. God. Man, listen, listen, man. Holding hands is a good time. It just <laughs> shows everybody we're just comfortable. Two, two oh, straight guys uh, can't hold hands. Yeah, I guess if, I guess if it's with the bros. See, see, see. God, for all of you men that are uncomfortable out there, it's okay to love your bro. It's all good. Now, when your bro loves you back, that's when it's a little concerning. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I normally have a stat fact for the day, but I already kind of shot that out there earlier. So I'm going to throw it out there with one final question for the cast. Uh, we got two major receivers declaring for trades this season, or should I say this in the last 48 hours. Odell Beckham Jr. is rumored to be on the trade block, and Allen Robinson rumored to have declared for a trade with contract negotiations falling apart this past offseason. So I'm going to need you to think of three quick teams that would instantly improve with one of those two gentlemen heading those teams. Uh, Patriots. Um, All that. Uh, 49ers. And uh, I think I think the Broncos, but with the Broncos, you got to give up somebody in a trade, uh, so, like okay. somebody. Big. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. All right. So if we're going with Denver, I, I think you give up a couple third, fourth, maybe third and fifth rounder, uh, maybe even a seventh. And I think I think you give away Sutton just because. Uh, you know what you're getting with OBJ as far and not anything against Sutton. He's a great receiver. Um, just you know what you're getting with OBJ, regardless. Uh, and I think I think that's a risk as a GM I would take. Now I'm not a GM, so that's not my decision to make. But uh, I <laughs> I think I think he would fit in well uh, with with Drew Locke as a young QB. Um, I think I think that duo would be underrated. But I think I think up in the Mile High City, I think they they'd be able to do something. Um, as far as the 49ers, him and Jimmy G would be an elite duo um, with Sanders out there as well, out wide. Sanders is gone. He's in New Orleans. Oh, is he? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Samuel. Debo. Yeah, Samuel. My bad. Debo's almost – I think Debo he's, might be out for a lot longer. He's he had a setback. Too, I think. Um, yeah, I meant, I meant Debo. My bad. Um, and then the what was the first one I said? Uh, oh, just because Bill Pelichick is an ultimate finesser. And – also, Cam Newton. I think I think without Tom Brady there, um, that gives them obviously a whole new dynamic with Cam. Um, and I think we saw that versus the Dolphins in a in a sense. I don't want to say it was perfect, but I mean his first you know Pat's touchdown was a rushing touchdown. So I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more of that from the Patriots' uh, offense this year. And uh, even with Edelman out there, I mean he doesn't have too many crazy good options. Nikhil Harry is a stud. Let's put some respect I, on that. He is, but he didn't get too many. I mean, he got well, like a couple receptions last year. I don't, I don't think he I broke mean, 10. He year. was also hurt for the majority of last season. I mean, that is true. I, I'll give you that too. But I, I'm sure he'll come into his own as well. Okay. Um, but, uh, excuse me for my voice cracking there. But uh, Puberty happens. <laughs> Uh, I, like I said, just with Bill Belichick and his his finesse powers, uh, the the way he's been able to grab some of these these uh, big name receivers the last couple of years. Now, granted, they haven't lasted very long in turning yeah. around. But um, that's another person, by the way. Week eight for all all you listeners out there, if you're uh, playing fantasy football, I think there's going to be a team out there by week eight that needs his uh needs his, or week nine, sorry, that needs his uh his talents. 
So I would I would be on the lookout for that. So for, for for those of us that are unaware of what the fuck you're talking about, let's 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 not put some riddles in this bitch. We gonna we gonna say it. What what the hell are you talking about? A B. I said A B. Anyway, Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, anyway. I'm telling you, watch. Anyway. Anyway. In my opinion, that man don't deserve to be in the league. I'm, I'm oh, just saying. He deserves to. I'm just saying he's going to get picked up. So I hope not. Josh Gordon shouldn't be in this league either. But for whatever reason, that man continues to get forgiven forever. So that's whatever. Um, I'm going to agree with. That's 49ers and, and I'm going to agree with two out of the three. Just because okay. I think Denver has enough over there. And I don't think they're going to want to get rid of the assets. I genuinely don't think um, – John Elway's going to want to get rid of any of those receivers. They have impressed. They're young. They're healthy. They don't need to take a gamble on a 29, 30-year-old injury-prone head case in the locker room. They're all young. They don't need that. I think the Patriots, I called that when I did my episode forever ago with Fred. I think that that has become way more of a possibility, especially because Cleveland's going to be desperate to get that cap off of them. They're going to be desperate to get his, his drama out of the locker room. Bill Belichick, like you said, ultimate finesse, the, the Sith Lord. He'll find a way to straighten out OBJ and the offseason work that he put in with Cam. I really, really, really think that that is probably the number one landing spot potentially for OBJ. And I think that New, New England will be willing to trade a little bit more than they normally do because they know the high, high reward, low risk of getting OBJ. Because at the end of the day, they'll just trade him again or they'll cut him and they'll eat the hit because it's the Patriots. Um, now on the Allen Robinson spectrum, there are a lot more reasonable teams. I can see him kind of replacing out OBJ. I, I could see like a receiver swap, even though it's not realistic. I can see them swapping that out, like Allen Robinson going over to Cleveland to be a little bit more affordable. And then I can see OBJ coming over to, to the Bears because they need a dynamic playmaker out there on the outside with Mitchell but Mitski. But let me get some respect because the man did lead them down the field, down three touchdowns, and they won that game. Um, I see Allen Robinson. I can see him going to San Francisco also. You know, just another playmaker out there that can do something. They obviously lost Marquise Goodwin, and uh, Debo is hurt. Greg Kittle is hurt as well, so I think Jimmy is lacking targets. So I think that these trades happen sooner than later. I would give it about two to three weeks. Obviously, we're in the middle of the transition of week two, so I don't know. OBJ has been rumored to be shopped for the last year and a half. So I have no idea. I think that he'll go before Allen does because I think Chicago will a get their shit together and say, "Yo, we got we got to pay this man," or they're gonna they're gonna hesitate and look for the right suitor because they need to get something back for him. They're not just gonna give him up for free. Yeah, uh, as 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 far as Allen Robinson goes, how do you feel about him fitting in with Las Vegas? Because I mean, right now they're sitting at Henry Ruggs at their one, and I believe he got injured um, in in his game. And then they got Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro at the other two. So, I mean, not really any – I mean, Nelson Aguilar is over there as well. But, I mean, not too many big-name receivers over in, in Vegas. I can see it happening in Vegas. I can see Gruden going out there and giving up some picks or, you know, some capital for it just because he'll always be an offensive-minded coach. Um, Ruggs being out there, a talented receiver out of Alabama. I'm surprised he fell as low as he did. Uh, Renfro will never be anything better than a slot receiver. I would say he would be the equivalent of a Wes Welker early on until he proves it, you know, a little bit more on the consistent rate. And then Edwards out of South Carolina, I watched him uh, always, you know, playing UF. And then when I first moved to Florida, as I stated, I used to be a South Carolina Gamecocks fan until I went to a Gator game, and that changed my life forever. But I used to watch Edwards, and he was just a beast. And, I mean, 
I think that he's going to be something special, but it's going to take some time, especially with the Raiders being the team that they are. But they have a stud in Josh Jacobs, so I yeah. wouldn't put it past them to go out there and go get another receiver because we all know Oakland has the history of not only drafting receivers very high, but going out there and you know trying to make the best available acquisition with a wide receiver with history showing that they went out and got Randy Moss and did what they needed to do. They went out there, and they also spent money on Antonio Brown. So, I mean, they definitely are a spot to land on for both of them. I didn't even realize they might go after OBJ as well. So, yeah, I think that uh, both receivers have talent. They both have upsides, one of them being more injury-prone than the other, one of them being a head case. But who knows, man? It's the NFL. It's week one. That's the best part about football just starting. Where the dominoes will fall, we'll never know, but we're all going to watch until it does. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, for the most part, I would say that's the wrap-up of the episode. I, I'm, If I'm quoting myself, this may be the longest episode I've ever done, but I have zero regrets because this was probably the best one I did, I've done. And I always find a way to say that at the end of most of my episodes, but like this one being as smooth as it was, as long as it was with the topics that we had, I, I, just, I think we've rolled on, man. So I appreciate you coming on to the cast, Austin. I really, really do, bro. No, man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, this is uh, re- this is a really cool uh, thing you're doing, and it's super cool seeing you know someone I know and have worked with and grew up a little with. Um, and, you know, granted, it was only two years you know we were together, but it's cool seeing you uh, kind of do you know do something you love and and you have passion for, and to do it with the integrity you are, man. It's 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 really cool. I appreciate that, man. Since day one, you've legit always texted me on the side, snapped me something, you know, sent me a picture of you listening to the podcast on the way to work and that's i want you to know that's fueled me to continue on those days where i'm like well nobody really gives a shit i'm like well dawson does and this person does this i was like you know what like if i do make it big obviously the the few people that do religiously listen will be taken care of just because that loyalty is a lot to me um and i just want you guys to feel just as appreciated as i feel from you guys with a sidebar, one last quick note. Shout out to my boy Kyle who was on this. For those of you that are unaware, he started his own podcast. Uh, he told me that I was an inspiration. Uh, it's funny, a lot of people are starting podcasts out of the blue after I started mine. No shade being thrown at anybody. I'm just saying I just... Trendsetter. It's a little weird, but you know, Kyle for sure is started his own. He went and got the equipment. He spent some motherfucking money on his shit, but... Um, for those of you that are interested, Kyle will be talking majority sports, and his podcast is The Home Field Podcast. You can follow him on Instagram, and you can definitely go out there and follow him on whatever platform he's going to be using. Obviously, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so on and so forth. Uh, Dawson, you have a stream. You want to shout that out real quick? Uh, yeah, I stream on Twitch. Uh, I try to about every night. Uh, we pretty much, pretty much stream Call of Duty uh, Warzone, but... Throw a little 2K in there sometimes, some Madden. You never know what you're going to get with the boys. Um, but it's on a stream on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash decreek1. That's D-A-C-R-E-E-K and the number one. Um, yeah, I'm on there pretty much every night, usually around 9 p.m. past till whenever, kind of till we all get off. So, um, And we got some big improvements coming for the stream, actually. Going to get a webcam and a setup and all this new stuff comes out so got some big plans big plans big goals man um big big wins stopping a damn thing what so hopefully we can uh, get get on there and get some dubs soon yeah uh i mean we all can't be uh 
phase. We all have, can't be Nick Merckx, but we, we all just try to have a good time. It's For those fine. of you that are like, yo, you're out here shouting out all these motherfucking streamers. And it's like, yo, like, these are people that I know personally. And, like, <laughs> mind you, we're not famous and we're not disgusting <laughs> at this game. But our content's always gold, man. I'm telling you, anytime I'm ever in any of my boys' lobbies... It's always just nothing but good vibes, fun shit. Obviously, everybody has a spaz moment or two. Uh, shout out to Nick. But uh, it's it's all just good vibes. It's all that matters. We all just want to get a dub. We all just want to have fun. So with that yeah, being said, again, Dawson, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking to you again soon, brother. Let's have a good rest of the NFL season. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, I appreciate it once again, man. Yes, sir. I'm going to holla at you, man. Everybody have a good night, man. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast.